criminal spotlight is on Steve Larson, also known as Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. He was attacked by his secondary dinosaur head during a robbery gone wrong. Let's take a look. Empty the register! Now! Now! Larson was charged with armed robbery, his dinosaur, with aiding and a fighting. That was Doom Patrol. This is the Undead Comic Cast, the world's number one tribute to Comic Crypt. And I'm your host, JB, um, where we talk about comics with no comic knowledge, really, whatsoever. Um, I feel like I have to say so much shit now, even though we're only on episode six. Episode 6, I think, one, but god damn it, I have to say, the name of the podcast, the bit of TV that I just played, because I like to play a bit of what I've been watching at the beginning, a little bit of an icebreaker, um, I always have to now mention Comic Crypt, because <laughs> it's like the Nerdical Underground Boys got, a, well, 50% of them got the heckles up about the nature of this podcast, um, and now, what else do I have to say? I feel like there's other things as well. Probably something will come up later. But yeah. Hi. So, this is how it goes. I'm going to say some comic news. Talk about what comics I've been reading. And then talk about something else. Maybe like a trade of the month or a TV show that's comic related that I've been watching. Um, and in between that, I just seem to warble. Uh, rant. And just basically remember stories from my life which uh, I often get feedback on the latest one was uh, Chris fed back my story of I why I don't even know why it came up but of uh, me oh that was it we had Netflix announcing uh, Netflix just auctioning off uh, the defender's clothes linking to how my dad just revealed how my dog died um, so yeah stick around if you like comics, you may like this, you may hate this, <laughs> but we're going on a journey, and what a journey it's been. Now, I normally, so yeah, I normally start with the news, and the news is very mixed and varied. I try and keep it comic-based, because we have Talk Nerdy, uh, talknerdy.uk, just in case you didn't know, is my website that I run with Gaz, and it does movie reviews, TV, blogs, vlogs, stuff like that. Um, and it normally talks as a monthly podcast that talks about nerd culture as a whole. This is just comics. So, and to be honest, Gaz doesn't really do comics that well. So if you want your comic news, this is the best place to come. The biggest piece of news is Justin Ponser, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, unfortunately passed away in the past month. Um, he was a colorist, most notable for his work with Marvel. Uh, on work like X-Men and uh, Spider-Verse, stuff like that. But, yeah, after a, a battle with cancer, which he didn't go, you know, he didn't take lying down. He was still writing, uh, writing, still drawing and inking uh, from his hospital bed, from what we've been told, um, up until the end, and constantly tweeting, like, pictures of him looking very happy. So it doesn't look like that. Maybe he uh, he's not with us anymore, but I don't think he... Like he let it win in any sense of the word, really. So rest in peace and our thoughts and condolences with his family. Um, next, 
So, if you've been watching Umbrella Academy, which is based off a comic, that's the link, uh, most people might be familiar with one of their favourite characters is number five, the boy who is 55 years old, or what's number thereabouts. Um, he's released a song called Time on Spotify, um, and it's I like it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I fucking like it a lot. So, he's a think he's going to drop an album on the 7th of june so that's a few days after this is being recorded um so yeah that might be interesting especially seeing as you can definitely hear i think someone played me something he recorded before being on umbrella academy and it's quite very much a pop song but i think hanging out with gerard way and that bunch has altered him up a bit because he's got guitars now and all sorts so yeah I, I, I can't wait to hear that. If you've not heard it, I'll uh, I'll put it in the description. I'll put a link in the description. I'll put in the uh, of it. So yeah, his name's Aidan Gallagher. The song's called Time. Give it a listen. It's fucking sick. Uh, up next, after that, uh, Tom King is leaving uh, Batman, uh, which he's been writing for some time now. He has. He doesn't look like he's going to make it to a hundred issues. It's going to be something in the eighties um, that he leaves. So he's going to have to wrap up all his work quite early, which is worrying in Mon's uh, set. Um, I mean, there's rumours why he's leaving. Uh, Batman sales have probably gone down. Immortal Hulk is outselling Batman, as Chris informed me on Chris's Comics podcast. Um, if you go over to Chris's Comics, you can hear me feature very regularly on that. And yeah, Chris informed me then that the Immortal Hulk comic is outselling Batman, which... Uh, you know, DC are not happy about Batman as the golden egg. So, yeah, Tom King, I think, has been pushed off. But he's now going on to co-write the New Gods movie. Um, the New Gods is... It's a little bit out of my knowledge set, as it were. But I, it, if memory serves, New Gods is to do with... Uh, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's DC's, like... It's very, I don't know how, what the word would be, epic space history thing. There's two planets that don't get along, one called Genesis, the other's called Apocalypse, where Darkseid's from. Uh, Darkseid rules that one, so I think must feature in this. Um, I think it's a bit weird for them to be going down this route, seeing as they've just seen such like success with Wonder Woman, Shazam and Aquaman. To be going down, then oh, let's do a new gods movie. Um, but whatever, Tom King's on board, so a lot of people will be on board. He is a very good writer. Not many people would agree, hence the Batman sales falling. But he's just—it's just a style which unfortunately hasn't landed with a lot of Batman fans. But I was enjoying it. I didn't like the war jokes and riddles, but I did enjoy a lot of your work, mate. Um. So yeah, that's been. The news, I mean, personal news, just so you know, uh, and it is a bit comic book related. Um, I met Kevin Smith, <laughs> and I'm not going to fucking shut up about this. So I talked about it on the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast. I've talked about it on Chris's Comics. I'm going to talk about it on this. Literally, just going to see him in Manchester to do like his spoken word thing. Uh, that he's, oh, it's a podcast. He was doing a Hollywood Babylon live. And we're walking through Manchester. And Gaz had bumped into him prior to me meeting Gaz, and I was pissed off that Gaz had beat me to the punch. And the Gaz all, all of a sudden just pointed across the road and went, dude, he's over there. 
It's like shit, like no entourage. So I just went over and said, you're Kevin Smith. And he went, I am, how are you? Which completely threw me off because he's now asking me how I am. Um, and it was great. Uh, if you go onto the website, you can see photos of where of when we met him. Uh, as I've, I've used them as the photos for the cover of the podcast. But if you look um, at my Instagram page, uh, at JBDirtStar, you can see those pictures. In fact, you know what? Scrap that. I'll post them on the Undead Comic Cast Instagram page, which I don't think I ever mention on this. Six episodes deep, and I don't think I've ever mentioned, yeah, I've got an Instagram page. And the only reason I mention that is that is literally where you can see updates of everything I do that's comic-based, so anything I've bought, anything I'm reading, um, a thought of the day, maybe, that I'm having about a comic. Or even I, when I look at panels, I'll put them on my, um, what do they call it? Like their version of Snapchat. Is it your story? Yeah, on my Instagram story, I'll put up like a funny panel that I've seen or a bit of art that doesn't look right. So yeah, give us a follow and we can talk. Um, what have I got next? I really feel that's the news. Yeah, that was a, that was, a, well, uh, yeah, that's been the news. So in case you didn't know, last, and I'm, I'm trying to get my head together here. So the way I'm meant to have this now is I should be, in theory, talking about maze comics. However, I fell behind, as I said on the last one, um, and then rather than talk about April's comics, I talked about the free comic day in Detective Comics 1000. Um, I think that was the same episode. Um, and said I would kind of catch up, as it were. And I have, but I don't know... I've lost kind of track of where I've caught up to. So I'm not going to talk... I'm going to talk about April's comics, but Maze as well. Or in se Specifically, I'm just condensing the two months together. I've caught up quite considerably. I've still got a pile in front of me that I can see there. But I'm just going to talk about <laughs> the five best comics I've read out of the pile I've read. <laughs> this, this has become more and more unorganized. But I swear to God, the reason I'm doing this now is that by the end of June... I will be up to date. I'm, the pile is getting smaller. I went to the to get my comics yesterday, and I only picked up two from last week that I'd missed. So I've definitely, definitely bridged the gap, as it were. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's get into comics now. Let's have a look. What have I got here? Right. Um, so we'll begin with Marvel team up, Spider Man and Ms. Marvel. Um, I I kind of did and didn't expect anything from this at all. I put it as my comic book pick of the week because I figured Spider Man and Ms Marvel, two of my favorite characters. It could, but I did even put it could just be good marketing. It could be crap. I'm not gonna lie. From when I opened the first page, I was worried because the art didn't really stand out to me, um, and the dialogue didn't seem amazing by any by any standard but it soon as i realized that it was a special flip book one where you're getting two different stories um i became interested and then where it all culminates in the middle of the book is great and i actually then can forgive the I, I've, I've just kind of like not even I don't even really notice the art anymore. The art is the art isn't the best. Who's, 
God, I'm slacking off the art so much. Who is this? Joey Vaz Vazquez. I, I just, it's not doing anything bad, just not doing anything noticeable either. Um, but the writing is what is on point here. I like by Eve L. Ewing. Um, I like the excuse for them being together. I like where this goes. I don't like to spoil on this podcast, but it didn't. it's not a regular team up. It's not like they've just decided, oh, we're going to work together. Something happens, and I kind of guessed it was going to happen before the I got to the end of it. And I've since read issue two, and that was really fun. A really fun issue. It is kind of... See, how long has this been out? Because I feel like it's hard for me to talk about this without... About some of the things I want to talk about without spoiling it. No, you know what? I'll leave it. I'll leave it till the next one. I'll leave it till the next one. But... Pick it up. Marvel team up. Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel. One and two. By the time I do another one, issue three will be out. But it is a surprising read. Uh, it is a bit of an original take on a team up, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and they are two characters that kind of shouldn't go together. But it makes sense the more that you see them hanging out. But yeah, Marvel team up. Uh, Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel. Very well done. Uh, next up on the DC Vertigo uh, publishing is American Carnage, uh, issue 7. This has been a weird one for me. I keep picking it up, and then I keep getting to the end of it. Well, I keep picking it up, and as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, why do I keep picking this up every time it comes out? And by the end of it, I remember until the next issue it's a really odd one but this issue I don't know if it's because i've literally just read it the other day or because the story's really progressing now this issue definitely hit me more in the gut in the chops um this is one of those stories where i genuinely don't know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy i i don't know who's going to turn on who i don't know who to support there's it's it's a classic cop goes deep undercover story but i don't think there is a good guy and what's weird about that is there should be a a very clear bad guy which is, i'm not ruining anything because it's the tone of the whole comic it's dealing with uh blatant white power fascism uh seeping into the government uh and whilst it does a very good job of that that's almost like a backstory to these all these characters and the double crossing and the spying and I, I, it's it is very good i don't know why i keep forgetting maybe it might be I've, i began to wonder was it the art because it's certainly not um the the writing by um i'm gonna guess the writings by brian hill only because he's the first one on the uh on the on the page of credits but it doesn't actually say who does what on this comic? Um, yeah, Brian Leonardo Fernandez is art isn't bad either. Like I keep thinking, oh, it must be his art. Art, but as I read it more and more, and the paneling, and as I go through each page, I actually really love the art. I really like it. It's it's weirdly it's a lack of detail adds detail i don't know how to explain it he's a, a man of shadows remind it reminds me of old man logan um if he's the same guy from old man logan that'd be hilarious but again no comic knowledge don't really know um 
But yeah, really, uh, we really get into this American carnage now. If there's a trade out, because I know trades are normally one to six, go out, buy it. Um, if not, I'm, I actually do think it is still easy to pick up these singles. I don't think it's selling like hotcakes, but yeah, fucking American Carnage, yo. Pick that up. Um, now, I do have a few Marvel books lined up here, actually, but I just want to take a moment to say how much Marvel have pissed me off recently. So, they're doing this whole War of the Realms thing, which I could not give two tiny tosses about at all. Couldn't give a shit. But, in doing so, they've started printing all these comics, um, you know, focused around the event. And some of them are obviously titled, like, Spider-Man War of the Realms. I think they've got to have that in there, because there's other Spider-Man comics uh, out. So, when ordering it, you know, you know what you're getting. They put in their listings a few weeks ago, Giant Man. Now, people who know me know I have a, a really soft spot for giant man because he's it's just ant-man it's ant-man but the large version um i like hank pym giant man uh i don't know if i've seen scott lang be giant man in a comic yet like any i've read personally i mean um and the current giant man is oh what's his name he's that mexican guy that scott lang gave the suit to but this was the thing i was excited the world is going to be a giant man comic this would be sick and then Imagine my horror as I go to the shop and it says War of the Realms, Giant Man, and it's loads of the giant people who have been Giant Man fighting something to do with this War of the Realms. I couldn't give a shit about War of the Realms. I want a gi- I now want a Giant Man comic, but it's so fucking annoying. It was billed as Giant Man. It was billed just it just says Giant Man. To other people, this probably seems so petty and almost ironically small, but to me. This was a big thing. I was finally getting a Giant Man comic. And yeah, this I fucking hate these events, War of the Realms, all sorts like that, pissing me off. Um, I mean, if you're going to do an event, just do it kind of like a closed event. Like, Spider-Man's Hunted, that's not been... An, that's an event of itself, but it's not been one that all the comics are getting involved in. Well, why, why have you got to get everyone involved? Captain Marvel... Uh, Captain Marvel's story has seen loads of heroes in hers. Loads of female heroes are trapped in another world in hers. But I don't see all them getting their own, like, trapped in other world Captain Marvel crossover comic. So, yeah, I, I fucking just give me a Giant Man comic. Oh, I ask. Going back to Marvel, it's good side, though, is Spider-Man Life Story. Um, This is by Chip Zdarsky. Um, and I think, like, Chip Zdarsky's really going places, man. Like, really going places. Like, he's going to be so big. If You know, I'm not saying he's not big now, but he's going to be so fucking big. Because he just seems to be able to write anything. Like, well, any character he seems to have a good idea for. So, Spider-Man Life Story, in case you don't know, um, is, was my pick of the week a few weeks, uh, a few months ago. And... It's just telling the story of Spider-Man, as we know it. Um, but the characters are aging. All of them are aging. So it started off in the 60s, because that's when he was conceived, the character, the, the idea. And now in the 80s. So, you know, he's, he's genuinely aged. He's, I think he's about in his late 30s in this, coming to 40s. Um, but you get all the pivotal moments happen of Spider-Man's story and his history. 
he's not retconning anything per se. He's just having to change the things slightly to match time going by and age happening and characters change. There's so much to like about the, this comic. I mean, the cover artwork is akin to his work on sex criminals. I could frame each one of these. They're gorgeous. The artwork inside, by the way, by Mark Bagley and John Dell. Is that? Let me have a look. No, Mark Bagley's a... Pe uh, yeah, Mark Bagley, John Dell, and Frank DeMarta um, have done a fantastic job of... This is one of the best-looking books that Marvel are putting out at the moment. It's... It, it, and also, I have a, they have a way of kind of capturing a little, little bit of the... Um, the time period that they're accentuating. So I, I definitely noticed in the 60s one, I felt like the artwork was very much leaning more towards the 60s. Um, 70s and 80s a little bit, you know, a little bit as well. But it's just great storytelling. And as I said to Chris, what's one of the best parts about it is Spider-Man's not really in it. Chip Starsky is like, he's very similar to Tom King. In that he brings humanity to a character, into a superhero character, but whereas Tom King can be viewed as being boring with these things, like the wedding of Batman and Catwoman, like as uh, Fieldman said from Nerdcore Underground, I don't want to read about Batman planning a wedding. Fair enough. Spider Man, well, Chips Darcy anyway, but he's just got Spider Man down to the point where it's all his relationships, it's all his moral. Uh, his moral compass of should he be doing this? Should he be? Could he be doing more, or should he do less to, for other people? Which Spider-Man's always had this problem anyway. With the whole great power comes great responsibility. But he's really got it down. And the thing is, you don't. I didn't notice that Spider-Man wasn't in it. Like it took me through talking about it with Chris out loud that I was like, holy shit! I just realised all my favourite bits have nothing to do with actual Spider-Man. And when I think about it, when I try and think of an actual favourite Spider-Man moment, there's not many to pick from because there's not many. So, yeah, read this Spider-Man life story. It's fucking cool. Really fucking cool. Um, in fact, shout out to Chris, by the way, because he gave me... It was my birthday. Uh, you might have noticed both either the Undead Comic Cast Instagram and Talk Nerdy to me as a whole was a bit quiet this month. May is my birthday, and I'm a bit like the Queen. I just have a whole month of my birthday, and I just do loads of stuff. Like, I went to Slam Dunk, uh, which is, for any of our non-British listeners, it's, like, the equivalent of... Um, fuck me. What the... Warp Tour. It's like Warp Tour. Um, just a lot of pop-punk. So I went to see a load of my favourite bands. Newfound Glory, and turns out, killed it. Um, what else? Oh, that's what I was talking about. Jesus Christ. So I also get presents. So my darling Eve got me uh, tickets to see the Book of Mormon, which is going to be fucking sick. Um, Chris got me the first trade of Ultimate Spider-Man which is a very, very good present because, one, he knows I like Spider-Man. Number two, he knows I haven't read any Ultimate Spider-Man other than Miles Morales' Spider-Man. So this is to me this to me is like a prequel, but a good prequel. I know prequel has a, is a dirty word sometimes, but it's a good prequel for me. And there's a plenty of them to read, apparently, as well, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. Uh, what else did I get? Oh, big shout-out to Hagrid, um, Dan Morrison, 
who has been on the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast a few times for getting me a ticket signed by the bassist of Newfound Glory that I use the bassist from Newfound Glory to Plectrum when I play live. I play bass, I play in a band, we play a lot, um, and I favour his plec. Like he threw out a show and I caught. It seems stupid to do, but I, I use it for plectrums. They're just not the same. This plectrum's really good. And if I drop it, it's like a contact lens. I stop everything, tell everyone to shut the fuck up, let me pick it up, get it, carry on. So all the band know that I have this plec because of me going, whoa, stop, 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 stop. So it was fucking great that Hagrid, and to be fair, I'll give the credit to Peter and Dan Bibby as well in the band for informing Ian Grushka that I use the plaque. So they got him to write on this, uh, to sign this ticket, to say, 2J, give me back my fucking plaque. <laughs> Signed, Ian Grushka. Um, so yeah, big shout out to them. Thanks for that. And Ian Grushka, if you're listening, no. No, it's my plaque now. Um, what else did I get? I bet I got some other presents. I feel terrible for not remembering. Um, Oh, I'm still deciding. That's it. I'm deciding between getting another mic, well, another microphone, a new microphone. Um, as this setup I use is really good for when there's multiple people, but when it's just me, it's a lot of setting up just for one guy. So, yeah, not to give you too much of a peek behind the curtain, but I was thinking about getting another microphone or some David Bowie vans. <laughs> so, work or pleasure, I don't know, but we'll see which I get. Um, yeah, so, oh, and actually, I did get one more present for myself. I got myself, um, the Flurkin Pop. So, I don't, I don't condone Pop, Funko Pops, I'm not the biggest fan of them. Um, but there are, there are just some that just stand out, and I go, oh, that is interesting. I've got about ten altogether. I've probably been gifted about five. Um, only buying, I bought a Doctor Who one. Um, because it was discounted at the Doctor Who uh, exhibition in Cardiff, it was discounted to down to something like four pound, and it's the eight, uh, it's the fourth Doctor, and it looks good. And it was also when me and Eve went for like our first weekend away, like holiday together. So it's kind of for me marking that. Mo- oh, pardon me, that's the uh, talk nerdy fizzy pop coming up. Um, yeah, that it marked like our little first holiday, and I've got other ones for various reasons but yeah there was like a flirking one from captain marvel with all the tentacles coming out the cat's mouth and i just couldn't resist that so picked that up um but eve doesn't like me buying them <laughs> she has a thing about them so i've hid it in the boot of my of my car and then when we went to go away to slam dunk i just sli- slipped it out of the boot of the car while she's in the car ran in put it up ripped up the packaging and put it in the bin as I walked out. So it's in the house and she has no fucking clue. And she still won't because I know she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> she has to listen to me 99% of the time that she's in this house, let alone when she's got a quiet moment to herself why she would fucking choose to listen to me like a recording of me anymore. But yeah, I've had a good birthday just so you know. <laughs> right, back to comics. Donny Cates. Um is getting a lot of attention because he's... Oh, that, I suppose that's news. Um, Donny Cates is doing Silver Surfer and it's a, 
like one of the biggest pre-orders ever. Like, there's not an issue out yet. But that comes out from is it called Silver Surfer Black? Um, Donny Cates is writing that, and it's sparring out of the story of Guardians of the Galaxy that he's writing. He's on uh, up to issue five now, and I can see why because Donny Cates' writing of these characters is ridiculous. Um, it does help that I mean, it does help the artwork um, by Jeff Shaw. And David Curiel colouring um, does help a, a lot. goes a long way. You know, there's something about... I don't know. I feel like the panelling in in this comic especially interests me. Because I don't feel like any two pages are ever the same. The, it, it reads like... It's when Chris says he likes comic uh, films that feel like comics i do find that a bit jarring still but i like it when a comic reads like a film and this is definitely one of them um i love all the the, the tw- there's been a big twist in this one which i'm not going to reveal which i didn't see coming which i'm kicking myself for not seeing coming um and for a guardians of the galaxy book that still doesn't have rocket in it um it's going it's leaps and bounds um ahead of its time with like group being able to produce little groots um i love base ray bill being so heavily involved i love uh cosmic ghost rider in this i think he, this he's a character that could easily become annoying but donny cates is handling him especially well um and i'm really excited to see where this is going i don't know if it's going to conclude this particular storyline uh, it does say to be concluded at the very end, but I kind of don't see that happening. I feel like a part of this chapter is going to conclude. I feel that we're still going to be going on. Fat this this chase for Thanos. I want it to continue. Feels like a very very good way to go. That Thanos is dead and the universe is divided on whether he should come back or whether he shouldn't. Um, but yeah, what a book, man! What a fucking book, Guardians of the Galaxy. Fucking love it. I think this has been my favourite one. I, I, I feel like... With all, it's a weird thing with me in comics. Like, this is how I end up getting like a pile of them up. Is I have to divide my time. I'm not to, not to toot my own horn, but I do get busy. I get busy with the site, work, my relationships, you know, friends, family, and just personal stuff. Like, stuff to keep me entertained. Like, Jesus Christ... Fucking, I've been watching Doom Patrol, but I'm still like five episodes behind. But I started it when it came out. It's just finding that hour to watch that. But also that I'm trying to watch Chernobyl and keep up with that. I've started Game of Thrones. um, And this is just like, and then I need to be going to see films. I just went to see Detective Pikachu with Gaz. You know, there's a shitload of stuff I try and fit into my little finite life. I take on a lot. I spread myself pretty fucking thin. Um, But... So when it comes to comics, I have to always go like, am I going to read this and pay attention to this? Am I going to do this now? Or does this technically have to go down a peg while I do this instead or do that? If Guardians of the Galaxy, if there's an issue that I've picked up, I've not read it, I read the comics. Like if I go, right, let me have a look at the palette. Oh, Guardians is there. Yeah, I'm reading it. There is something about, I, I have feeling at the moment that that is my comic. This It could be my comic of the year if it continues with the quality it's it it is it's just fucking so good um so yeah 
this gets uh, well. I feel like I should just talk about Doom Patrol now, to be fair, but fuck it, I will. I'll just talk about Doom Patrol now before I talk about the final comic. Um, if you've not been watching Doom Patrol, what the fuck are you doing? Other than other than being, um, you know, not being a pirate, because I'm watching it via nefarious means. Um, but it's friggin' great. Like, th- this is where... This is where DC have totally fucked up in the movies. My Marvel kind of like spread the wings. So Doom Patrol, they've got so much to work off historically with the the source material, but they're so they're not as well known characters that they can also, you know, take a few leaps and bounds here and there. And I think it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Brendan Fraser as Robot Man is without doubt one of the best casting choices on the entire show like i know he's not the guy in the suit he's just the voice but he's hilarious dude like his character is his character is hilarious and brendan frazier is very good at that character he's i i I love him he's so lovable um alan tudyk i can't pronounce him um better known as steve the pirate from dodgeball as Mr. Nobody, again, what a, what a choice to cast him. I did not know he could be this evil. He's such a good bad guy. Like, he's the most likable bad guy I have seen on telly in a while. I mean, I'm not... And it's, like, likable bad guys, you can like them because you can see from their point of view, you know, like, oh, I suppose I kind of understand where they're coming from. I don't understand where Mr. Nobody is coming from. I just like the Mr. Nobody. He's just, he's just funny and just like, but evil. He's genuinely evil. He's genuinely a threat. But and Alan plays that so well. And uh, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong. Yoivan Wade as Cyborg. Give this dude a, like an Academy Award because his acting as Cyborg far, far exceeds the acting that we saw in Justice League of whoever that dude was. This guy's Cyborg, for me. This guy is Cyborg. If they recast in the movies someone else, I'm going to struggle because this guy, to me, is Cyborg. He's just got it, man. He just... put it. I mean, he got to love the whole team. The, I mean, all the costumes look great. It's visually amazing, like... That looks like so much money's been put into it. And it, it. The whole series is a gamble. It's so it's so weird. It's so fucking weird. Like, I there was one episode where they're fighting a giant eye um, with um, magic chewing gum, and they have to call upon um, a unicorn from hell. It's amazing. Doom Patrol is the biggest acid trip ever, and it's it's brilliant. It's like it, it, I, I just I'm stuck for words on how I'm confused that I'm not hearing more people talk about it. Although on the thing that I do watch it on, it kind of charts popularity of what's being watched, and it's in the top ten and has been for a while. So I think there's a lot of people watching it. But as it concludes, it'll move to Netflix. Watch the shit out of that. Watch it. It's prob that again be probably my TV show of the. Am I allowed to make it my TV show of the year? If it started, did it start this year? It did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, 
it could easily be my TV show of the year. Because all the characters... Oh, yeah. Fucking hell, man. Watch Doom Patrol. And sticking with Weird, and my final comic choice, uh, Farmhand by Rob Gilroy, um, who I believe writes and draws this. I talk about Farmhand a lot, uh, but Farmhand's back. It's been away for a while now. Um, a little hiatus that it does between series. But it's back. This is number eight. Number seven. Uh, well, to be fair, number six back in March was the true return. But I don't think I talked about that properly uh, or much. But things are really rolling. We're half... We're, uh, bloody hell, we're three-fifths of the way through this. Shit. 60% of the way through the story. We've only got one that's out in two weeks and then one that's out in mid- at the end of July. But things are getting hurry for... Uh, you know, Zeke and his family, um, and the community that they live in. But I'm always astounded by so many things in this comic. A, the expressions and and of the people and the dialogue. Like, it knows how to keep a story kind of, like, dramatic, but keep the sense of humour where it's needed. Like, the characters... If a, a character's funny from the first page in the first book, they're still funny in the... F- you know, the, at the end of the eighth book, he, no matter what the circumstance, yes, they'll show the correct character traits of like, oh, they're, they're scared or, oh, they're angry, but then they still say the same witty witty thing that they would have in the first one. And I mean that in a good way. I also like how it's very much showing its horror side now. There's like, I can't describe it. It's like some kind of like weird zombiness to what he's been doing, his dad's been doing with his farm all this time. And then the final page, just, like, at the end of this chapter, was proper, like, yeah. Made me made me excited as to where it's going next. Um, but yeah, dude, farmhand. I also like the fact that he takes a really, he has a letters column in the back, which I know various comics do, but bear in mind... He has a letters comic in the back, and then he puts in drawings and uh, unused art, um, and then a little thing saying that you can get this original music score available on um, what's it on on Sky Speak. Put an experimental album inspired by the comic for for Farmhand. Farmhand. You can get Farmhand merch as well, um, and then he even advertises. He has done another book called Chew, which you can read. And at the very end, it says. The Jenkins family farm. Thank you for your patronage. And then on the final, on the back, the uh, the release dates. I just, I love everything about this comic as well. The way, I think it's, it's the layout as well as the story, the art. Rob Gillery is just making like the perfect comic for me on Image. So yeah, that's been my top five comics. I know there's probably people going, but what about this? What about that? I either A, haven't read it, or B, no, that beat it, bro. That beat it. Um... Now, yeah, this is where I normally talk about, like, my trade of the month. Like, what I've been reading. But I've been reading Batman Eternal. And I'm... I don't know if you've ever seen Batman Eternal, (laughs) the trade, but it's bigger than a King James Bible. Um, But I will talk about that because... little preview. I love it. I'm really loving it. But I am only two-thirds of the way through it. Um... I don't really know if there's much more to talk about, really, other than I'm just excited. Like, I'm trying to think, has there been anything? There hasn't, it hasn't even been a disappointing comic at the moment. That, my biggest problem is that I can't stop. Every comic I pick up, I'm loving. 
There's been nothing that's been let down. I don't know if I have this instinct about me to sense when a comic's going to be bad. But I've just known to stay away from certain comics and not pick them up. And because of that, I'm just really enjoying everything I'm reading at the moment, which is really, which I'll be honest, is really nice. <laughs> Rather than me pick up something, my eyes glaze over and I wonder why I've wasted like £4 on this comic and... Yeah, dude, there is so much good stuff out there at the moment. Like, I've been I've been enjoying Ke Kevin Smith's Hit Girl. Um, I got to tell Kevin Smith, actually, that he was my favourite story in Detective Comics 1000, and he really took that, like, as a compliment. Like, not that I was giving him a compliment, but I think he had been so used to all day people going, dude, love Jane Silent Bob, dude, love, the, uh, love Dogma, that that came out of left field for him, and he didn't realise and didn't see it coming, and was he was like, Wow, thank you, and ask for a high five. Um, I'm never going to get over that, by the way. I met Jason Mewes the week but week after as well. Well, I didn't meet him, went to see him live, but he was like not but 10 foot away from me. Uh, and what a juxtaposition that was, going from Kevin Smith to talking about the intricacies of Hollywood and comics and films to <laughs> fucking Jason Mewes on stage telling every story ending up with him saying, and then she sucked my dick. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of, I mean, Superior Spider-Man is the only thing that is irking me a bit, and it's this, it's this love-hate relationship with this character, it should, it shouldn't work, the art's not that good, right, the story is a bit like, what I, what I always call Trigger's Broom, where he's not really superior Spider-Man anymore. It's Dr. Octavius is now no longer in Peter Parker's body. He's in some other guy's body. I always forget who this guy is. But he's still got the powers of Spider-Man, but the brain of Dr. Octavius. I don't know how that works either. Um, I, think I'm, I, I think I have to read Into the Spider-Verse to get that, or Spider-Island. Um, and then... Yeah... It's just him dealing with stuff in San Francisco. He is the Spider-Man of San Francisco. But the writing is weirdly good. Like, the dialogue is on point. There's a brilliant bit where he's attacked by demons in this new one uh, on the streets, and he punches them out, and they're disguised as people, so he more or less punches a girl outright cold. And the guy walks up to him and goes, what are you doing? And it's just a panel of him just going, are you blind? Like, and it's funny to see, like, a Spider-Man, like, a hero just being that sarcastic and just being straight to the point saying, are you blind? Are you a moron? And then he realizes that only he can see these demons. But I don't... It's it's stuff like that is just keeping me on. I think that's a lose. If I had to drop a comic, it may be that if it just loses the story. Oh, and Punisher is treading a thin line at the moment as well, where it's... I'm enjoying it, but... I kind of feel that nothing has happened now for three issues other than he's just been blowing shit up. Like, the story hasn't moved along. Nothing's changed. I think one person has died that was kind of, like, important to him in this story, but that's about it. Nothing has really moved forward in sense of the character or the story. It's just him finding ways to blow Hydra up, which... Must be entertaining because I'm still picking the fucker up, but I do feel that that is on a back burner of if it doesn't do something inventive on the next issue, I might have to look at dropping it. Um, who else is in my drop zone? I don't really feel like there's there's much more. I took a chance on 
Where is it? Where's it gone? Batman and the Outlanders. I've got no idea what that's going to be like. It could be. I mean, it's Batman. In my head, it's it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be perfect because it's fucking Batman. But it's also got the switch in it. That fucking little yellow dude. Um, I hate him now. So, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. I think Captain Marvel... In fact, there's a few in the drop zone. Captain Marvel, if it doesn't conclude properly, I'll just be I'll just be pissed off with, actually. I'm, I, I won't drop Captain Marvel. I won't do that. I like the character too much. Fuck you, Jay Leal. Um, so, yeah. This has been a very weird undead comic cast. Um, but, yeah. Oh, why do I call it the undead comic cast? Because comics never die. And that's why I'm going to keep doing this. Because I'm going to keep reading comics. Keep talking to you about comics. And maybe I might even garner some knowledge of comics from doing this. But thank you for listening. Don't forget to go to my Instagram page. Um, I've been JB. I've been talking nerdy. And this has been the Undead Comic Cast where comics never die. (laughs) 